Today on Locked On, Red Wings, Detroit wins their preseason finale and they finalize their roster. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And in today's episode, it is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Scotty. I'm totally, we're totally not re-recording this episode for Monday after a late night uh, roster cup of the Detroit Red Wings to get their roster down at 23. That's totally, that's totally not why I'm in the oversized hoodie and wearing my glasses and because I wasn't just totally lounging around ready for my night to end or anything. No, that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't get a phone call from you at 8.30 at night <laughs> with some expletives about how we had to hop back on air and re-record because the episode we recorded earlier is completely null now. Well, how dare the Red Wings not think about me? I know, dude. It's really inconsiderate. Uh, so the well, It's Wings- also just like we planned to not have to do this. Like Sundays is, is waiver day and like – Throughout the season, like last year, we learned our lesson with that pretty early on. Like we we want to record after 2 p.m. So the waiver deadline passes if there's any moves that happen there. Like we were very careful and like premeditated with when we exactly we were recording on Sunday. And then it still got screwed up because the Wings just decided they wanted to release their roster on Sunday night instead of waiting until Monday afternoon like the rest of the NHL. Yeah, because the rosters don't have to be finalized until 5 p.m. on Monday. Uh, and so we, at, you know, and to our credit, we got a lot of the details right in the episode we recorded. Yeah, we, we were could like, have just sent it out there. Like a, a lot of the conversation we had in the in the lost episode, we'll call it, the lost is episode. like what you know it and, is what yeah. we're going to talk about in this one as well. A lot of it's very Bergeron centered, obviously, for for uh, you know obvious reasons. But um, yeah, there's still a few like smaller details that definitely would have been uh, old news. So here yes, we are. absolutely. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, We will lead off talking about the Red Wings preseason finale win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Scotty, you know, we don't want to make too much out of a preseason game by the Detroit Red Wings that, especially when you're playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs prospects and AHLers and you're putting out your opening night lineup out there. Uh, But there were some interesting takeaways to be had. Nonetheless, Uh, we won't make too much out of the play itself. I know some people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, we're kind of worried about the fact that the Maple Leafs, AHLers, and prospects were B team, I'll just call it B team, were kind of giving it to the Red Wings, like hanging with them, playing them well early on in the game, got out to a two nothing lead on a on the first goal that Huso definitely would want back. That was a weak one, but he played yeah. fine the rest of the game. It, again, it's a tune up game. So again, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but I, I urge you guys to like calm down. One, the Red Wings did the same thing to the Maple Leafs two days prior, right? I mean, the Red Wings B team against Matthews, Marner, all those guys, Nylander, they fought them hard and lost in overtime because the B team has a lot more to play play for than the A team. For the A team, it's a tune-up game. For the B team, they're fighting for a job. So that's why don't worry too much that it was a close game all the way until the end where the Red Wings won 4-3. to three. 
What you should be looking for is lineups, what the lines looked like, and who wasn't in the lineup. And there was some interesting stuff, right, Scotty? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think I, I guess I, I think I want to start with who the omissions from the final preseason game were. I think that that's kind of like a, an easy place to start. Like Justin Hall was one where a lot of people were uh, questioning why he wasn't on the final preseason roster and and what the implications of that decision could be. I don't think there are any. I think it's just he played the second to last game and yeah. that was kind of it. Even even I was when it first happened. I saw Hall wasn't there. I was like, "That's interesting." And then exactly like you said, once I thought about it, I was like, "Actually, not that interesting." Because yeah, he just played. That's all. Yeah, and just because it's the dress rehearsal game doesn't mean that that's the final roster for Thursday. Tweaks can be made, and Ben Sherratt, obviously, you know, we had been pretty critical on him throughout uh, the preseason here, while the two games that he had played. Uh, but he had just come back off of, I believe, the bereavement list and had only the two games prior that he had had, even though he didn't play the best defensively, although he did have two assist and assist in each of those games and then scored in this one. Credit to him, that was a bomb from the yeah, point. <laughs> um, he needed another game to get right. So what he had to have a roster spot, and then Olimata hadn't played a lot, so he needed a roster spot. And like you said, Justin Hall had like just played, so they just gave him the day off. So not a lot to do about that. I don't think the Red Wings are going to, unless his, unless Justin Hall's play ends up being so abysmal that he ends up getting healthy, I don't think they're going to healthy a guy they just signed for three by three in the offseason. Correct. Yeah, I I would be stunned if he uh, if he wasn't on the roster. I full, fully expect him to still be. I think it was just a timing thing where he had played a lot recently and um yeah, there, there's a few other defensemen specifically that obviously got off to later starts in the preseason. So, um, yeah, like Sherratt notably, right? So, um, so yeah, he was one. I, I think, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to save the burger conversation until a little bit later, but like he was a notable conversation on the last game of the preseason as well. Yeah, and that's part of the conversation that changed now that the rosters right. got finalized. So we will uh, we'll save that into the second half of the episode when we talk about the final roster. Uh, Bergen wasn't in there along with Danielson, Hannes, uh, who I completely neglected. I didn't even realize he was still on the roster. I think my in my mind, I figured he had already been sent down. So props to Hannes for sticking around until the very end. Yeah. Uh, Danielson, Hannes, Edmondson, Soderblom, and obviously Bergeron did not play in that game, but they were on the roster. They were just they just didn't play in that game. Right. Um, but then the top two lines were really interesting as well, Scotty, and uh, made me very happy to see that Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinkett had Michael Rasmussen on the top line wing uh, all, <laughs> throughout the, day. all throughout the preseason. The Red Wings had been pumping out the DeBrinkett Larkin Raymond line as their top line, because we talk, we talk a lot about floors and ceilings that that line has a big ceiling with the potential playmaking ability pass first guy that Raymond is Dylan Larkin is a phenomenal two-way center, offensively, defensively, shooting, passing. He does it all. And then to break it being a shoot-first guy, there's a huge potential there for that line to pop off. But they weren't quite in sync throughout the preseason. And so in the final game and during the final couple practices, Lalone put Rasmussen on that top line, which is one of the scenarios I threw out there half-jokingly, I will admit, half-jokingly during the uh, during the offseason for the Detroit Red Wings because of the fact that one 
we knew a lot about we we had heard about how in the locker room everyone wanted Michael Rasmussen on the wing because he's not afraid to get in the corner. He digs that puck out. He gets possession of the the puck for his team in the offensive and defensive zone. He keeps the play moving. He's hard to play against. He hits hard. He's not a bad scorer by any means. And he's not going to be a 40-goal scorer, but he has the potential to be, I think, a 20-goal scorer in this league. And so they threw him up on the top line, and he was really good. Again, not trying to take make too much about how well he played against the B team, but because I like to play narrative ball, and this argument <laughs> fits my narrative, uh, not only what did he do all those things that I he's good at that I just listed off, he led the team in expected goals for percentage with 83.97%, which for the uninitiated um, shots on shots on goal are obviously shots on goal. Corsi four percentage is the amount of shot attempts a team takes. So if your team, if a player had a 58.82 Corsi four percentage, that means that um, there were 58% ratio of shot attempts for versus shot attempts against. So the more shot attempts for than shot attempts against, and then go expected goals for percentage build on that by applying a quality to those. So he was a 58.82 Corsi four percentage, but a 83.97 expected goals for percentage, meaning the quality of the shot attempts for were much better when he was on the ice and his expected goals for percentage relative, which tries to assess how much better the team is with him on the ice versus off the ice was 22.59% in his favor, which means the Quality shot attempts the team took were the team had 22% more quality shot attempts when he was on the ice versus when he was off the ice. And I preseason game, calm down, Brian, <laughs> not a big deal, but it fits my narrative. I love my... talking about it. Calm down, everybody. It's not I'm a big deal. I'm trying to calm myself because it's a preseason <laughs> game. I, I know that. I know that. But I love Michael Rasmussen. I, I, for the last two years, I've been saying this guy is about to turn the corner and Preseason, Brian. Preseason. <laughs> but he turned the corner last season, and I'm excited to see that coming off his injury. That may not have have they may not have slowed him down. He looked good. He looked good. <laughs> That's my response. He was on the top line and he looked good. I just I'm all in on a top line, Michael Rasmussen. Give I'm it to aware. me. I'm very aware. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll let Scotty talk about his thoughts on the top line. Uh, and then we'll talk about top line number two, because line number two was pretty fire, too. I, I like, the on paper at least, what line number two looked like. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme again? Nah, it's the Detroit Red Wings' time to shine. I love the NHL, and I know you do, too. That's why I want to tell you guys about Sleeper. Sleeper is the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cha your cash on Daily Fantasy. The NHL has been never been more exciting than it is now with star players like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, McCarr, and potentially Bedard. Simply select more or less based on their stats, such as goals, assists, points, saves, more, whatever you want. Yes, you heard me, Lockdown Red Wings fan. Sleeper offers 100 times payouts, so you start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Lockdown NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, you heard my very vibrant thoughts on why I love Michael Rasmussen on the top line. What are your thoughts on that top line? 
It was great. I I really liked. Um, I we I'm not going to talk about Michael Rasmussen anymore. But <laughs> uh, everybody <laughs> else looked uh, looked really good as well. Um, and obviously it was a slow start. It wasn't like some shining armor game. But I think, uh, again, like as we said at the beginning of the show, I think this game was really just a uh, not an audition necessarily, but it was uh, it was nice to see the closest we've seen yet to what we believe the opening night rosters will be like. And now obviously we have the opening night roster uh, and that's what we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think it, as far as who was playing with who I thought that was really interesting. Rasmussen obviously at the top was noteworthy, but um, I, I think like Raymond looked really good. Uh, and I, th- I mean, he played with a few different people as well. I know he was on the ice with Sprong at one point. I think that was his assist, right? To Sprong. Yeah, like, that, that cross is good luck. A oh, really right, good luck yeah, across the earlier, offensive yeah. zone. So yeah, the, the, like Raymond, I thought looked good. I'll be really interested in seeing where he slots into the lineup. Uh, early on in the season, I think there's going to be a lot of movement still in the early part of the regular season. But yeah, I, I really, I think the biggest thing to me was just like the top nine forwards for this team are very solidified and I'm very excited about what they are. I, I think this is the deepest Red Wings team. If we're just comparing Red Wings to Red Wings teams, this is the deepest Red Wings team we've had in, in quite some time. I well. Yes, I mean, simply our, put, put yes. On, on the lost episode, but like our third line this year would have been like our this second, team, line, second line in each of the last like half a decade, pretty much. Yeah, because so we talked, I talked at length about why I love the idea of that top line. Obviously, it has to plant pan out. We have to start seeing goals to bring it came close a couple times in that game. Larkin did score on a on a mess in front. He gets quite a bit of goals like that, too. It's why I love the captain. He's not afraid to get in those dirty areas. Um, But the second line. I mean, JT Comfer has been good in the preseason. He's a great two-way forward as well. He's not going to light it up on the score sheet. He's going to get more assists than goals. He had a career year last year, I think 50 points with Colorado Avalanche. Hopefully he can replicate that. But he's really good defensively, a PK specialist. He, In my mind, Scotty, in the end, you were right. Uh, I think he has taken over the second-line center role from Andrew Kopp. Um, and then I like another reason why Rasmus being on the top line is so good is because it allows for David Perron to remain on the off wing on the second line, rather than putting him back um, on the right wing on the top line. He's more comfortable. And we talked about this during the off season. He's more comfortable on the off wing. He likes to rip it from the top of the circle, like Sprong and Debrinket like to do. Right. Uh, And he's really good at it. And he's really strong on the puck. And like Rasmussen, he's really good in the corners. So he brings that physical element to the second line that Rasmussen can bring to the top line while having a better scoring touch on the power play and even strength on top of that. Meanwhile, you have Raymond on the opposite wing on the second line, who, again, I mentioned hockey IQ, playmaking ability. We, I, there was that beautiful play. My favorite play from Raymond yesterday wasn't even the yesterday, Saturday, by the time people are listening to this, two days ago. Uh, it wasn't even the pass. It was he was going one-on-one with a defender, and he boxed him out and out-muscled him for yeah. a chance at the net. Which is like that that's huge for me. I know he's hey, there playing against the B team. Seven eight so, pounds of muscle, dude. Like, yeah, right. So like he could be playing against a, a prospect who's like 160 pounds and needs to put on weight too, right? But like that's something that you we need to see out of Raymond. Yeah. And then JT Comfer again, like I said, he can do it all. He's not gonna excel at anything, but he's gonna do all everything pr- really good and they're gonna accelerate or excel uh all together. And then Andrew Kopp on the third is a on the third line is a great third line center. We talked Long-term, Cop was going to be your third-line center, and I didn't think he'd be in year two on his $5 million contract, but 
that makes that third line really good because Daniel Strong scored again. He's got an absolute piss missile of a shot, especially from the top of the circle, but he's taking shots from the point that have gone in. Uh, and then on the opposite wing, you have Robbie Fabry, who looks stronger than ever, and Derek Lalone has said as much. I mean, that's a top nine that has multiple players, like four or five players with 20-goal potential, each one of them. Like, that is an incredible amount of depth, scoring depth that, like you said, this team hasn't had in a half decade. And then the fourth line, Valeno, Costin, and, and Valeno's been playing really hot. He scored again on a lucky bounce. Valeno, Costin, and Fisher bring a little bit of an edge and a physical element. And again, Christian Fisher being a really good PK specialist kind of replaces Pew Suter in that role. I mean, the the fourth line, I, I think, might be the story of the preseason, to be completely honest with you, so much so that I think it is the reason that Berger is not on this team on opening night. And obviously, we'll talk about the different possibilities with uh, everything surrounding him getting sent down here in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the reason any of these conversations are happening is because that fourth line has looked so good. Uh, Costin, Valeno, and Fisher have really gelled nice together. They, they're they sound defensively. They're a little bit, again, like you said, a little bit of physicality on the wings. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I really do think that that's, that's really a, I was going to say indirect, but I guess it's very direct reason as to why like some of the decisions on who to send down were made because that fourth line has been, uh, I don't want to call it a revelation, right? It's preseason, <laughs> yeah. but like, and it's a I mean? fourth like, line also. So yeah, like they, they have, they have been really right. Exactly. Um, but they have been, uh, they've been really, they've been really good. And, and I think that they've earned the right to at least into the beginning part of the season here, stick together and, and be the fourth line for this team on opening night. And I think that's, what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, they, they've been great. Costin, I, I think, has been a really gives you a little bit of, of a physical edge down there. Valeno's looked better when he plays with those two. Fisher's the defensive, you know, PK specialist. I I don't expect a ton of production out of the line, but I, I do uh, I do think that they've been sound, and I think that that's why we're here. I think the reason we're about to have the conversation we're having about what to do with the rest of the roster is because that fourth line solidified itself this preseason. Yeah. And Derek Lalone, uh, Ansar Khan of M live asked Lalone about it, or I don't know if he asked him, but he at least tweeted yeah, out the quote from to him, the yeah. question. Uh, and Lalone said like, that's probably going to be your fourth line going forward at the beginning of the season at the very least. So yeah. And now that brings you to, well, before we get to the, the final roster finalization, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, I should mention from this game, we kind of went down the roster line of what we so. liked. Uh, we talked to Sherratt score. We mentioned Larkin scored. Valenos was, yeah, we Cop mentioned all the goals. Two and cop three, it looks like, writing on yeah. the wall a little bit. We'll see, but. Yeah. Uh, also, funnily enough, this is one of those things I want to bring it up because I, you know, I like to use the advanced metrics because it fits my narrative, but sometimes they don't like line up right with what the eye test is saying because it really did feel like the Maple Leafs were swarming the Red Wings for the bulk majority of that game or at least the first half of the game. Cause they got out to that two, nothing lead. And then the last two and a half minutes of the second, the Red Wings took over and then they controlled the bulk of the third, <laughs> almost all of the third. Funnily enough, the Red Wings, if you go back to that quality shot percentage had 77% share of the quality shots in the first period, when I thought the Leafs were bringing it to them the most 53% share in the second and 82% share in the third, which doesn't surprise me because I thought they were dominating yeah, in the dominating third. They, the third they kind of like got it together. Um, 
But it was surprising when I opened this up and I was like, wow, I didn't know that even despite how physical the Leafs were being and how frustrating they were being for the Red Wings, that the Red Wings had outshot them with in regards to quality shots at the very least to that degree. So that's one of those moments where like it doesn't always line up. And so that's why it's nice to have both to kind of put the full picture together. Um, Yeah, I think Huso probably wants that one back. But other than that, I thought he played fine. Yeah. Much more talk more about the interest in regular season Billy Huso than preseason Billy yes, Huso. Yes, precisely. Uh, yeah, I just keep I keep thinking to myself, I was like, I keep telling myself, don't get too excited over preseason, and then I proceed to get overly excited about preseason. And then Michael Rasmussen <laughs> did something, and that all went out the window. That's literally right. all it took for you to just completely lose sight on how important the preseason it, is. It, it, Michael Rasmussen doing one thing. It was good content, Scotty, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh Oh, I guess I guess I should say Michael Ras or not Michael Rasmussen. God, I can't get him out of my mind. Moritz <laughs> Sider, I thought looked kind of shaky in the first or the second period. Um, he was on the ice for both the first two goals. I think he might have partially screened Huso on the first one, but Huso should have still had it. He did get a glove on it, and then the second one went off of his leg into the net. So just kind of some positioning stuff. But again, preseason, not worried. Yeah. I feel bad we didn't talk about the defense at all, but that's your defensive breakdown. We got to move on. We we have thirty minutes. Yeah, to go, we, so. we still have a lot <laughs> to go over. The defensive pairs were fine. Like I didn't, I don't yeah. have any. Ghost Despair looked good in the offensive zone. He's a really good play driver. He played with Olimata. I like that as a concept. Olimata is very defensive minded. Ghost Despair obviously isn't. It's a mirror of what we saw last year with Heronic and Mata Peanut early on in the baby. season. Sharat uh, was with Petrie. I. Anyone paired with Sherratt, I'll just have to wait and see. I don't. I honestly, when it comes to pairing people out, I don't know. Let me restart. Make a coherent sentence. Outside of Wolman Insider, I just genuinely am not sure what the pairing should be, which is why I don't have a lot of opinions on what they should look like. Which is why, so that's why I don't feel like I talk about them a lot because I, I'm not gonna know what is best. I'm never gonna know what's best but I won't know what I think is best for this defensive pairings until we get into the regular season. We start seeing them actually play together. Yeah, no agreed. Yeah. It's going to move around a lot. The first like month, mm-hmm. month and a half of the season, you're going to see a lot of different pairs together in the defensive yes. side. Um, so there's, there's that there. We, we talked about the defense. Boom. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how the rosters got finalized and they signed a guy, a dude, they got a bona fide man and they signed so, a guy. When we come back, uh, but first I got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up, level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers. Segment three locked on Red Wings podcast. Scott Bentley. Brian Fisher. So I guess 
I'm going to let you do it. I don't feel like doing it. Go ahead and let people know what the Red Wings did. They okay, signed a guy cool. and they finalized a roster. Yeah, Honestly, I wish that we could air our phone call. Right. Because I feel like that was a really good, like, we were just arguing about, like, why they just did what we, they did. And I don't think we really came to a conclusion, to be honest. Um, well, shouldn't we back up and be like, well, first they signed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, um, oh, well, I guess, yeah, they, they signed Austin Reese. I guess that's the 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 starting starting spot of this entire thing. Um yeah, I, I mean it's uh that, that's forward depth. Uh played for Toronto last year, right? Has played for Pittsburgh before. Uh just got let go by Carolina. Yes. He was on a PTO with Carolina and they Yeah, and so he was a free agent. Red Wings picked him up. Uh they picked him up and immediately put him on waivers, which will be important as we get into the next part of this, which is uh that the Red Wings cut their roster from 29 to 23 that we have our 23 man roster. Uh, Edvinson, Bergren, Hannes, Hannes. And yes. who am I forgetting? Danielson and Danielson, obviously. Right. Um, um, wait, hold on. Wait, Danielson, Edvinson, Soderblom, Soderblom, Hannes, Bergren, Edvinson, did you say Edvinson? You said Edvinson. That's well, yeah. Then we had the two guys. Yeah, that, that, that was too. the five. That was the five. Yeah, yeah. Because then there's the two guys that are hurt as well. So, yes. um, those guys get sent to either Grand Rapids or in Danielson's case, back to the W. And yeah, so here we are with 23. Um, Austin Reese, his is on the 23 man at, at the present moment, and is currently on waivers. And there's a lot of questions swirling about why the decisions were made were made. And I think, I don't think anyone really knows or will know for a hundred percent certainty, honestly, until I think there's media availability on Monday and I'm sure it'll be asked by, oh, then yeah. by Boltman and the like. So uh, and I'm not sure we're going to have a hundred percent certainty and a full peek behind the curtain until that availability on Monday. But really, I think there's three directions i think that's what we determined there's like yeah. three kind of solidified directions that they could head with these decisions um and yeah i don't know which one you want to start with but it's you know the, it really all revolves around what to do with bergeron yeah and, and so also for what it's worth just for the extra details on the aston reese the zach aston reese uh contract well, I've been saying austin that's totally my you fault. did say austin but it's fine yeah. he's gonna play so Aston Reese is got a $775,000 contract. It's two way though. So he makes $300,000 down in the AHL. Uh, it's a one year contract. Like Scotty said, immediately placed on waivers. The thing that makes this interesting though, is because the Red Wings are at 29 guys, right? Before they signed him, signing him, put them at 30, but you can't count Luff and Mazer because they're going to both be going on. The, put on IR. We're at 23 with him. It's not the IR they're going on. But no, yeah. it's something else called injury, something similar, yeah, yeah. like non-roster. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. They're not going to count against the rosters. What we're basically saying. Correct. So that brings us back down to twenty-eight. So that means now they have to weigh five guys, and the five, like you said, like you laid it out, the the five young guys are the guys who are the odd man out. But Reese is going to the roster. Rosters don't have to be finalized until five p.m. tomorrow, and. Monday. Aston Reese clears that. Yeah, Monday, 5 p.m. Sorry, we're recording this Sunday night. Yeah, uh, Reese doesn't have it clears at two o'clock, and rosters don't be be submitted until five. So there was a three hour window where you would have been 
compliant if you had kept one of the young guys, which brings us to Bergeron and the three scenarios. Yeah, so, so essentially, so well, the, the easiest one to lay out there is just they start the season with 12 forwards, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, yeah. There's a possibility that they go three goalies, 12 forwards, I guess, but I, I would find that very unlikely. And I don't think that even if they did do that, that it would last very long. Okay. So that's like one kind of way out of left field. Can you I, know, can I add an addendum to that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, because, and the reason why it doesn't make it, teams don't usually carry 12 forwards. Correct. The that reason, the, the problem here is the Red Wings are carrying their three goalies. Like right. that is an active decision they have made. Hutchinson was released from his PTO and then he was signed on a PTO to the Grand Rapids Griffins indicating the Red Wings are keeping their three goalies now official with the 23 man roster. They just submitted tonight. So because of that, well, that still doesn't even apply because they can still carry 13 forwards, but most teams like to carry 22 players for cap reasons, but the Red Wings don't have cap problems. So they can carry 13 forwards still, but once Reese clears and if they send him down, now you'll be at 12 forwards. It just, that's why it, Right, it's 12 so is not going to happen. That's <laughs> like, that, that there's, I, I refuse to believe that this team is going to go into open net with 12 forwards. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is possible. So we're bringing it up. And so that brings us, like you said, Scott, which brings two. us to the two main kind of paths here, which is one, I guess we'll start with the possibility that Aston Reese clears, he gets sent down. And then immediately Berggren is recalled back up. Yes. There is a possibility for that. Now, I I think you and I, at least when we talked on the phone 40 minutes ago, maybe we live in a different world than we did. We stood on kind of different sides of the aisle here. We're like, you think that that is a legit possibility and I do not. Yeah. And I I think that makes zero sense. You 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 had the time, as you laid out earlier, you had the, the time in between when Reese would have cleared and three hours then until the rosters were finalized, why wouldn't you just keep Bergeron and then do it that way? That makes zero sense to me. Also, from a playing time perspective, as we mentioned when we were recapping the final preseason game, your top nine is solidified, like solidified, solidified. Yeah, like we, had, we know what it is. is. not a part of it. Objectively, mm. there is no space for Bergeron in your top nine. So, and with, again brought brought up earlier how well the fourth line's been playing you're you if you were to recall Bergeron it would be to either be a fourth line player or just be the 13th skater which I think the fourth line maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room and debate there I think we both agree it would be really pointless for them to make Bergeron this team's 13th skater or 13th forward so the thought would then be okay we are going to then the flip side the other path here would be Bergeron's going to stay in the A. He's going to go to GR. And uh, Reese is going to clear waivers and then remain on the Detroit Red Wings, which is what I think is going to happen. I yes. think that he's going to clear because he, it would be hilariously ridiculous if he did not clear. He was a free agent 24 hours ago. It would be <laughs> wild if someone else was like, we'll be taking that. Thank you. Like, he was literally just a free agent. Like, you know what? I think the Wings may be on to something. Right. <laughs> that would be a really crazy development. So I, I don't expect him to get claimed. He's he's going to clear. And when you clear, you don't have to go down to the AHL. You can clear, and then you still clear, 
And you don't have to, you know, clear again when we do decide to send you down. I think it's a 30 day grace period. Like they're, they're still, yeah. you know, they, they can still send him down if he won't have to clear when they do make that decision, but do it now because you know, for a fact, no one is going to claim him because again, he was literally a free agent 24 hours ago. Then he's going to be this team's 13th skater because it's the 13th skater. This dude's going to dress three times, maybe in the first month of the season, if everybody stays hurt. And then later on in the year, whether it's a month in, two months in, et cetera, then when somebody inevitably gets hurt, then you recall Berggren. I, I, I think that's going to happen. Uh, I think it's, I think Aston Reese is this team's 13th skater. I think this press release on Sunday is the truth. I don't think this is like a, a you know, diversion or, or just like a paper move to do something else. I think that this is it. And the second that a forward, specifically a winger, gets hurt, Berggren's going to be back in the NHL. And all of this being said, I still fully expect Berggren to play 60-plus games at the NHL level this year. I, I I don't – like, again, he's going to be the first person called when, not if, when someone gets hurt and, and has to miss time for one reason or another. And I, I just – I don't view, like, a, an, uh, uh, an amount of depth – et cetera, et cetera, as like an issue, I guess. I think that that's a healthy organization and we're going to need the depth at some point and it's going to be Berggren. I still expect him to play in over half the season in a winged wheel this year. See, <laughs> Mic drop. I, I think you bring up some very good points that are all very real possibilities. And you're right. I am standing on the opposite side of that argument, but not because I think you're wrong. I think you're right. But I also think that this other situation with Bergeron is also right because it is such a dumb situation to begin with. And the main reason I don't agree with your, and you, you again, you're right. Once he passes and clears, they have a 30 day grace period to send him down. So he can remain with the team and still be on the 23-man roster. And he is on the 23-man roster that is finalized for the purposes of the NHL. But why would they bother doing that and send Bergeron down? Like, that's where I get confused. Because if they were always going to retain him on the roster, there's no point on putting him on waivers to begin with, in my mind. You can just send Bergeron down and he's still on your roster for the 23-man purposes. And then when you need to make space, then you can place him on waivers. Unless you think that sometime in the next 30 days will be an appropriate time to, like, unless you're waiting on something else to happen and you need a extra player for the next 30 days. But Luff, they think, is out long-term. Zarnik, they sent down. So your, all, your other extra bodies are already gone. The point I agree with you is, is it doesn't make sense to keep Bergeron on as the 13th forward because he's not going to benefit. Right. It's not going to benefit him to be sitting in the press box. And it's not going to be benefiting him to get just eight minutes of ice time a night playing on the fourth line. He's a guy who needs to be playing third line minimum to get 10, 12 minutes a night to improve his game. He's got consistency issues. We know that. We saw that last year. We saw that in the preseason. I don't necessarily, even though it hurts me per, hurts me personally and selfishly, because I love Bergeron and I want to see him with the Red Wings, I don't necessarily disagree with the call to send him down because he was inconsistent again in the preseason. He was fantastic the last two games he played, but up until that point, he wasn't very good. But 
it also doesn't necessarily benefit the Red Wings to have a guy as their 13th forward who isn't going to, when he plays, necessarily, and I, I'm not trying to slander Zach Aston Reese. I don't want to make it, I don't want I don't like talking bad about players. I even feel bad, even when I, I'm critical on Sherrod, I still feel bad about that. But it doesn't benefit the Red Wings to play a guy sometimes who's not going to be as impactful as a guy like Bergeron could be. Because Bergen, we saw it in 67 games last year. Yeah, but it's not more... going to be Berger. You just said it yourself. That's that's stupid. Like it's not, the 13th forward was never going to be Bergen. What I'm saying is, it, it in my mind, like Aston Reese is your 13th forward isn't like an, a 13th forward that's going to do you a lot of good. Well, it's a 13th forward. He's going to play three times. Yeah, but I just I'm saying that Bergen can provide more for this team. In the three games that the 13 forward is going to play in the first month of the but season, but you said I it guess. yourself, you think he's going to play 60 plus games at some point this season? Yeah, because someone's going to get hurt, not because he's going to be the 13th forward. I someone's just, go- when was the last time an NHL roster made it through the entire season healthy? Never. Like it, it's impossible. My, my, it just it doesn't make sense, and that's why we're having this conversation. Right, because of course. I, no one I, knows. I, I do. I, we both right. Like it, it's one of those two. I think I'm fairly confident that one of those two is the reason. Like it's Max- just a matter of which one. Max Boltman's on Twitter and people's replies, like explaining the whole waiver situation and how once he clears, Red Wings will be at 22 players. And so, and only 12 forwards. And like, people are asking him questions. He's like, guys, I don't know either. Because <laughs> what is the point of waving a guy you just signed only to keep him on the roster when you could just wave him later and keep your thir- him as the 13th forward right. w- and I, without waving him? Again, like I, I think... Unless Bergen's just a paper move. Right. I, I think... I but think the reason then. they're doing it now is because it, it's it's a near guarantee he will clear. It is. It is. He was just a free agent. Like, he will clear. And, like, a month from now, will he still probably clear? Yeah, probably. But it's not as much of a guarantee as if he was to be put on waivers on Sunday, which is what obviously happened. Like, but, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But no, the, no, no, no. The final thing about this argument that makes no sense is the fact that the waiver wire is at two o'clock and rosters didn't have to be finalized till right. five. I agree with that. It doesn't so, matter which path they choose. That's weird. For it, sure. It's it, and it, I honestly think that the reason may simply be as they just want to get out of the way and have their roster finalized. They don't have to wait until that last three hour window because Reese, if you kept Bergeron on the roster, Reese is going to clear or get claimed at two o'clock. You send him down and then you're compliant at 23. So, right. Which is why I think he's the 13th skater. I I don't know if I'm overthinking this or what. Well, that's the thing. I just think Bergeron, he's going to work himself onto the roster full time. He's going to push out. I think he's going to push out a cost center. I just. I'm down. That would mean he's having a great year. Great. (laughs) I get like, I I just. Zarnik's so bad that you couldn't keep him as the 13th forward. You know what I mean? Like who? Zarnik. I I love Zarnik as a 13th forward. Sure. I but mean, like, I, I don't, I, I don't know enough about Aston Reese to answer that question. I, I don't he's know. He's a career high of 17 points in 49 games last year. The Toronto Maple Leafs, 77 games, he had 14 points. So I just, we're, we're going close to 40 minutes now. And this I is mean, bad. What are, but this are is... Zarnik's numbers better than that? Like, <laughs> like, you know, what I mean? like we're, we're, we're splitting hairs between what the best option at 13th forward is again. Like this dude is, is in the first month of the season will not, play more than five games like uh, if everyone stays healthy like that's you know what I mean like this is uh it's he's gonna plug in at at the fourth line sometimes like 
the the I, I think the premise for me it's they want to give playing time to Berger, which this team cannot offer the amount of playing time that they ideally want him to have, and he's ne- was never going to be this team's thirteenth forward. And if you can get Reese to clear now, guaranteed clear now, and then have the flexibility to make him pass through or send him down over the next 30 days, then do it. Why would you wait? And I, I, I genuinely, I, I stand very firmly on the side of the aisle that like, he's just going to be this team's 13th forward, but no one knows. Like we, again, we could come around to five o'clock. He could clear, they could send him down, call Berger back up. Bob's your uncle. There's the team. Like, that's a very real possibility. I'm not saying that either way is stupid. I, I just, I find it weird that they would release this all on Sunday night if they were just going to flip it the second that he definitely is going to clear because he will anyways. I don't know. Yeah. There's, I don't know there, there's three situations here. And again, I, I, I think you or they carry 12 and we're just we're right. That, we're like, that's the, thing. <laughs> the three situations Which are makes no sense to me, but the three situations are, Bergen's sent down, Aston Reese sent down. They carry 12 forwards. I think makes no sense because you don't need you can carry 23 and still have no problems with your cap space. Yep. Um, your other option is they Bergen's a paper move and they bring him right back up. Or you you know what? There's a dark horse thing. Maybe they bring Hannes back up. Really gets you going. Sure. Highly doubt that because again, playing time stuff. Um, but and then your third option is they keep Reese for 30 days until you know close to when the waiver period is done then they send him down or they let that expire and they keep him those are your three situations again very confusing situation in my book i could just be overthinking this but i just it just why why would you <laughs> i don't want to beat it that horse but why would they and somebody in the comments is going to have the simplest answer that's going to explain everything and i know it and yeah. i'm just going to feel dumb why make this move tonight when you don't have to yet that's what it comes down to. Unless you just want to get it out of the way. Yeah. Just- I, again, I think the answer is because this is the real roster and they know it's the real roster. So they're saying it now. Yeah. I, mean, I, that's- I just don't think it's that deep because Reese is on their finalized roster. So right. even though he's on waivers and could be sent down at two o'clock tomorrow. So we'll find Correct. out. But I mean, half of the half of our listeners will know the answer to this conversation by the time they're listening to this. So have fun with that, guys. We gotta wrap this up, Scotty. Do you have any final thoughts? We will. We will. Forty-two minutes in. Same time, same place. See your team every day. Every day.